Merciful Father, who made the light to shine out of darkness, we thank you that you have shown mercy unto us and our fathers, and by means of your servant, Martin Luther, have restored the pure light of your gospel. We ask that you keep us in sound doctrine, that we may steadfastly believe and worthily follow your saving word, and finally, by its holy comfort, depart in peace and joy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this day as we celebrate the uh, Reformation, a Lutheran Reformation of the Church, also as we consider Luther's preface to his small catechism, is taken from the second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, where we read verses 12 through 14 in Jesus' name. Where the Apostle Paul writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, who has entrusted to his church his teachings, which alone set sinners free. Dear fellow redeemed, have you ever listened to a public speaker and then ask yourself what he or she was actually saying? And you may go through these explanations in your mind. I must be too dense and the speaker must be very smart. Or, this person does not know what he or she is talking about. Or, the speaker is just a poor communicator. Or, this must be a politician who cannot give a straight answer if his or her life depended upon it. And if you want to verify your conclusion that it was difficult to understand, you may ask other listeners afterwards to find out what their impression was of the speaker. Well, one of the qualities that we recognize as Christians about the Word of God when he speaks to us is that it is clear. Our loving God of truth desires that we know the truth of our salvation, and so he speaks it most plainly and clearly to us. Whereas Satan and his allies, the unbelieving world, false prophets, and our own sinful natures, want us to conclude that God is really a God of confusion. 
and that we cannot understand him. He's too far above us. And so we need others to interpret what God has to say. But one of the truths which came into clear focus once again in the outward Christian church through the Lutheran Reformation is that God speaks to enlighten, Satan speaks to confuse. At the end of his life, Martin Luther said, you can burn all of my books except for two of them. And he had many things in print. In fact, just in English, we have 55 volumes, but there's more than that available. But he says, you can get rid of all of it except for two, the bondage of the will and the small catechism. And in the preface to the latter, he wrote this to, to the pastors. He said, avoid many versions or various texts and forms of the Ten Commandments the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Sacraments. A pastor should choose one form to which he holds and teaches all the time. For people must be taught by uniform, settled texts and forms. Otherwise, they become confused. So Luther recognized that in his little book of instruction, something beyond his words made it so precious. It is what the Apostle Paul encouraged Pastor Timothy to recognize already in that first century of Christendom. First, Paul observed this, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until the day what has been entrusted to me. And what was entrusted to him? The sound words which he then passed on in his instruction to Pastor Timothy. The church over the millennia has been plagued by those who are always seeking to devise something new using words that are unsound but seem attractive to itching ears. Because, you see, they strike a chord with some. And so they are retained, those unsound words, reused, and then built upon. But all such unsound words depart from the expressions used by God in his word to us. So, for example, the word purgatory is not found anywhere in Scripture. But a whole system of teachings is built around it. So that a large segment of the outward Christian church throughout the world do such things as labor under the requirement to confess all sins to a priest, and then even to pay for priests to commune themselves to get people out of purgatory. The expression also is used, unsound words, but it is used, you, the sinner, must invite Jesus into your heart. And that contains another extra-biblical, unsound set 
of words, but it's so popular. A large segment of the outward church in America, while claiming and insisting that salvation is all by grace, contradicts that with this expression which they use and take on at least part the work of saving themselves because they were the ones who took the step of inviting Jesus to come to them as opposed to the unbeliever who does not do that. But again, you don't find that expression used in Scripture. Now, do not misunderstand. We as Lutherans use words, too, that are not found in the Bible, like Trinity or sacrament and expressions like the means of grace or the Lord's Supper. But you see, all these are based on sound words found in the teachings of Scripture. The other words and expressions first mentioned create new teachings, confuse and mislead Christians. So the question comes to us, have you been misled by words coming from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of confusion, which end up only confusing you, my fellow Christians? If your salvation is in constant doubt, so that you are almost never certain that you are going to go to heaven when you die, if that's the case for you, that can be a telltale sign that you have been misled by sound words, unsound words, and expressions popular among your many neighbors today. So if you say, I don't know, if I die tonight in my sleep, I don't know if I'm going to heaven, I, I don't, I'm afraid. Well, it's some of these unsound words that perhaps have caused you to look in the wrong place. The Lord has given us his word to enlighten us with his saving truth. Take, for example, the religious leaders of Jesus' day. On at least one occasion, Jesus pointed out to them that they searched the scriptures of God's word, thinking that thereby they might have life everlasting. But, as Jesus pointed out to them, these scriptures testified about him as the Christ, but they refused to believe in him, to have the life he so freely offered them. And so what unsound words led them astray? They read the scriptures, but there was something that was going on that caused them to look in the wrong places. Well, one, they redefined the word enemy. They saw their enemies as the enemies of their state of Israel. So they saw the enemy that they were to be concerned about as found in flesh and blood, not in the spiritual realm. They also looked for only the son of David, not the Son of God, but the Son of David who would come and champion their cause against their enemy, the Romans. 
They wanted Christ also to come and be this new lawgiver, like they thought of Moses. Instead, we know he came to fulfill the law for us, for all sinners. Now, because we retain our sinful flesh with all of its doubts and all of its unbelief, we know that we are vulnerable to the lies of Satan, which come to us from many directions, whether it be through the messages of the unbelieving world, false teachers in the outward church, or our own sinful flesh itself. Our new man of faith speaks over those deceptive voices with the loud confession of who Christ is and what he has done to save us, to save all people. And so Paul encourages his young protege, uh, Timothy, Pastor Timothy, this way. He says, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And several times Paul refers to the faithful sayings that comprise these sound teachings or words. For example, he says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Pretty clear. No confusion there. Sound words. And just as Paul was confident for himself that the Lord was able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to him, so he directed Timothy to have that very same confidence. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. The power of these sound words not only create our faith in them, but they also have the power to preserve that faith until the day we must stand before the divine throne of judgment. And you too, like Paul and Timothy, find that you must confess yourselves to be the chief of sinners. Because you need not look around you to find some real hard-boiled sinners. Just hold up the mirror of God's holy law. Hold it up to yourself. And there that sinner is reflected in all of its ugliness. But the sound words of forgiveness and justification through the blood and merit of your holy substitute, Christ Jesus, are true and unmistakably clear. Not one sin condemns you now. Not one. Even though you have committed countless of them, they do not condemn you. You are forgiven of all your sins. You lack no righteousness. You are holy before God. Jesus' perfect life is attributed to you through faith. Now, Ask yourselves, how unclear are those words? Your sins are all forgiven. Are you scratching your head saying, but I don't know what that means? No, you know perfectly well what it means. And God, through his word, throughout his word, 
makes that declaration. You are justified before the eternal throne of God today, on the day of judgment, and forever in the courts of heaven. So what is confusing about that message from your Lord? God the Father tells you to look to his Son alone, and there you find life. Satan, on the other hand, will direct you through his many allied voices out there to look within, to try to find out if you are saved by looking here. And he leads you in confusion, eventually to despair. If you have ever been seriously ill, and your pastor has come to visit you, you know how he spoke the clear word of God to you, directing you to the love of God for you and his son. He usually didn't spend a long time saying this to you. He made the point very quickly, forthrightly, clearly, because it's based on the clear word of God. But you see, when we are seriously ill, the diabolical voices of confusion are often very likely heard by us as well, telling us that the reason we are so sick is that God has finally caught up with us and our many sins. And finally, he is paying us back for all of our great wickedness. Those are the lies coming from the pit of hell. Be not confused. God loves you. He has redeemed you from the curse of your sin by the life, death, and resurrection of his Son. Follow that pattern of sound words and tell the devil to go back to hell with all of his lies. O oh Lord, we put our trust in thee. Confounded, let us never be. Amen. Please rise for the blessing. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus now and forevermore. Amen.